Just Life, a programme from Radio Maria England. Good morning and welcome to Just Life. I'm Aileen and I am going to be speaking or we are going to be listening to Jack, Jack Straker this morning. He is the Secretary of the Order of Malta Volunteers. They're also known as the OMVs, which I didn't know actually until now. Um, They are a group of volunteers. They're aged between 17 and 29, and they offer up some of their time to help others. Jack, you're going to tell us all about this this morning, aren't you? Um, I hope so. Thanks very much, Aline. It's uh, it's lovely lovely to be on Radio Maria. Thank you. I'll let you start, Jack, if you would, and we'll look forward to hearing what you've got to say. Sure thing, no problem. Um, so the Order of Malta Volunteers should probably be taken in the, in the broader context of the, the Order of Malta. Um, we are the, we're the, the youth branch, I suppose, of the Order of Malta in the UK. And the Order of Malta is a, is, is a confusing animal, but it's, 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 a, it's a, a hybrid um, uh, it's a it's a religious order. It's a um, huge humanitarian organisation operating all over the world, uh, and it's a, a sovereign state in its own right through a quirk of international law. Um, so, for the the, the 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 very quick history is that the Order of Malta was founded sometime in the 11th century um, as one of the um, one of the chivalric orders of Jerusalem, and the vocation of the members was uh, was to um, defend the faith and to serve the poor and the sick. And that was uh, that was how we were founded. And over 900 years, to make it short, um, the way that that has manifested itself in today's world is as um, this, this vocation has, has, has uh, become a, an organization with, I think, around 120,000 people involved, serving people who are poor and sick in any way. So that is uh, whether uh, in body or mind circumstance, so the activities of the order run from uh, taking disabled friends on holiday, which I'm going to talk a little bit about, running soup kitchens for the homeless, um, prison ministry, helping refugees. Uh, we run a maternity hospital in Bethlehem. Uh, projects for uh, people suffering from leprosy. It really is a very widespread organisation with activities in over a hundred countries. Uh, over 120 countries, I believe, and this is helped by our our status as um, as a, a sovereign state. So, um, it's a good bit of pub quiz knowledge, I suppose. That in Rome, there are three sovereign states: there's um, the Republic of Italy, the Vatican, and the Order of Malta. And we have relations, I think, with 108 states, uh, from Italy to Germany, Spain, uh, which means that we have a a seat at the table with um, the, uh, I suppose, with people of influence in those countries that can essentially help us cut through lots of red tape when we want to do our humanitarian missions. Um, that's a, a bit about the Order of Malta. So when I describe it to my friends, unfortunately, I have <laughs> I have to spend quite a lot of work trying to trying to um, justify the fact that it's not a it's not a cult. I mean, it's something called the Order of Anything. It's rather rather a strange uh, rather a strange concept. Um, but I describe it as a big Catholic charity, um, which is uh, also uh, which 
and then for and then for, for certain audiences i will explain the, the religious order nature of it um and the order is represented um all over the world in many different forms now um the uk has um is I suppose typically different to the rest of Europe, to Europe as, as you might imagine. <laughs> uh, but we have we have four entities in, in the UK. Um, there's the, the Grand Priory of England, which is the religious heart of the order in in uh, in the UK. This is a the, the Grand Priory existed until the Reformation when it was suppressed, um, and then it was refounded about 30 years ago. Um, the Grand Priory is made up um, of the members of the order who have taken uh, religious promises and religious vows. Um, membership of the Order of Malta is is a split into three classes. So you have a regular member of the order, like myself, which is a, a, just a, a practicing Catholic that um, has a vocation to serve the poor and the sick. You have members um, in, uh, in the second class, which is um, members who've made the promise of obedience. And then members of the first class are professed knights of justice. And they are um, they are men who have taken the three monastic vows of chastity, poverty, and obedience. And historically, the the knights of Malta, as they were known, um, were, were were majority professed knights. Some in simple vows, some in permanent. Um, and nowadays, they are a relatively small proportion of the membership worldwide, but very much the um, what Pope Benedict referred to as the beating heart of the uh, of the Order of Malta. So the Grand Priory is the, I suppose, the religious heart of um, of the Order of Malta in the UK, and it's um, uh, and um, it is complemented by the British Association, which is the, I suppose, the members of the third class in the UK, which is probably the largest body of the Order in the UK. It's the oldest continuous body of the Order. It was. Um, founded in the 19th century, I think 1875, but I could be wrong. And um, the membership, um, the members of the order in the UK are primarily involved with um, fundraising for our activities, both domestic and international, and running um, hospitaler activities, i.e. help work for the poor and the sick um, in, uh, in uh, at, very, at various points in the year, such as our Lourdes pilgrimage and our Walsingham pilgrimage. Um, I would say that the, it's it's not the uh, it's I think the membership of the order tends to be for people who are slightly not later on in life. I mean, membership of um, of the order could be anyone from their late twenties up to whatever um, age <laughs> you want to be. Um, but it's for people who've made that made a commitment to to serve the poor and the sick and to make their religious order of choice the the order of Malta. Um, there are two other groups which are not explicitly um, religious by nature though as in they are they are obviously um, catholic charities but membership of them you do not have to be a practicing catholic um, they are the companions of the order of malta and the omv as you said and the order of malta volunteers the companions of the order of malta are um, local volunteers um, essentially there is no kind of age bracket for them they are from from any age um, uh, from i suppose um, 18 to um, through to retirement age and they mostly work with um, isolated or vulnerable people and on a regular and repeated basis so they might do they might run soup kitchens for the homeless might run um, shower projects for the homeless they might visit elderly people run tea parties um, it's it's really any local issue which um, uh, which which comes up where people who have been typically forgotten um, are cared for 
and um, on a regular basis. So it's not just a one-stop shop. So you, they very much um, they look out for people who are in their immediate area. And there are lots of different bodies of the companions of the Order of Malta all over the UK. Um, and I understand that um, uh, uh, Christoph is going to talk about the companions of the Order of Malta in Cambridge um, uh, on another programme on Radio Maria. Um, so I won't drone on too much about the companions, but there are a fabulous group of um, of volunteers who, if you have a, a free evening and you want to um, and you want to spend some time um, giving out soup to the homeless, it's a very good way of um, very good way of, um, of I suppose uh, serve, serving our Lord. Um, uh, but now I come to the I, the I suppose the focus of this particular um, spiel, uh, which is the the order of multi volunteers, and our focus, as as you said, is um, is um, young volunteers from 17 to 29. Um, I am a slight hangover of COVID in that I'm actually 31, <laughs> but, I, but I'm, I'm really just, uh, I'm, I'm on the way out, but I'm, <laughs> I'm helping, help, helping out where, where I can until, um, until we're sort of back on our feet. Because um, our focus is taking, um, is, is running pilgrimages and camps with disabled people, um, disabled friends that uh, we refer to as guests or hospital pilgrims. And really that is our that, that is our um, our kind of mo. We take groups of young people on uh, on pilgrimages, holidays, camps, um, and uh, and we try to give um, our disabled friends the most fantastic time, both uh, spiritually and and otherwise. Um, our our mission is is exactly the same as the audios, i.e., tuitio fidei et pauperum, defence of the faith and um, service of the poor and the sick. Um, now. I'm conscious that I've, I've I've droned on for quite a while, and uh, I'm not sure what your uh, your pro programming is. But I have some more information about the OMV, um, which I'm very happy to, to delve into. Uh, but, but I'm not sure what your plans are. Jack, would you like to like us to take a short music break at this point? Absolutely. Shall we do that? And then we'll come back. So Jack has chosen some music for us, dear listeners. So that is really nice to to be um to be uh, to be here to have that shared you've chosen pilgrim's progress jack could you tell us a little bit about why you've chosen that one um to, to be a pilgrim Sorry. yeah let me say well, I've, I've got he who would be valiant that's the one yes um, yes this is i suppose this is a bit of a, a an omv anthem here what one of the things that characterizes us when we uh, go on especially our lured pilgrimages is a a very strong choir um, and it's one of the things that our, our guests absolutely love is that our attention to music. And this is a, um, a, a, I suppose, a bit of an anthem that um, that we sing with with a lot of gusto. And I suppose it's uh, it's you know, the, we are on pilgrimage, um, so we will uh, uh, and so we will sing. And it's quite a it's it's, it's just quite a rousing song, I think, uh, sort of rousing him um, to to be a pilgrim. That's really the the, the, the reason for it. Lovely. I look forward to hearing it.
listening to Just Life and we have Jack Straker with us from the Order of Malta Volunteers and he's been telling us about the Order of Malta. Jack, I'm really looking forward to hearing the next part of your talk for us this morning. Thank you very much, Lee. That's uh, much appreciated. Um, so I was, I was giving a bit of a history about the Order of Malta and just kind of explaining how the OMV fits into that. Um, and the, the, the Order of Malta Volunteers was founded uh, over 40 years ago. Uh, it was originally founded as a, as a kind of schools pilgrimage. I think Catholic schools like Downside and Worth uh, went, to, went to Lourdes with, um, a, few, uh, with, uh, with a few um, te- uh, teachers um, in order to uh, go on pilgrimage to, uh, to Our Lady of Lourdes and to, um, and to serve, um, serve disabled people going on pilgrimage there as well. And over... 40 odd years it has evolved into the uh, into the organization it is today which is still still based in um, schools recruitment which i'll go on to um, but it's a much wider group of volunteers um, but still with the same model of going on pilgrimage to lured and it being primarily young people uh, so um, 17 to 29 years old um, and i suppose a, a simple a simple overview of it would be that we are a group of uh, volunteers run by a, uh, a committee of young volunteers overseen by trustees who, um, who keep us in line and make sure that we don't do anything too, uh, too silly or ambitious. Um, and we have several uh, what you might call hospitaler activities, by which I mean um, the hospitaler work of the Order of Malta is work that serves the um, poor and the sick. Um, and we have, uh, as well as these activities that we run, we have monthly masses for the volunteers and we have a fundraiser that um, raises money to uh, help our activities, which is called the White Knights Ball. Um, to explain a little bit about the way we work, <coughs> I mentioned we're, we're slightly uh, slightly different to uh, many other um, organizations of the of the order in the world in that very often the Order of Malta will have a centralized Order of Malta body which will do all its activities and things together, whereas we, the, the youth, are kind of individual charity um, still, go, still governed by the same principles and uh, and, uh, um, uh, and I suppose rules and regs as the as the Order of Malta, um, more, more broadly. Uh, but we very much run our run our own thing. And we, the Order of Malta has what I would broadly describe as two models for for volunteering um, with disabled friends or, or, or guests, as we, as we call 
as we call them. Um, our way is to have a what you might call a squad of volunteers, um, which enable is is where we take say we take four volunteers for every one guest um, that we bring with us, and that enables us to take guests with very challenging disabilities, um, and it also allows the guests to have a um, a, a great variety of, of helpers. Um, so that so we will typically take much many more volunteers than guests, but we will rotate everyone round on a kind of roster basis. The other way, which um, is, is preferred by certain certain organizations, um, is one-on-one is -on -one care, um, where you have a guest for a whole week or however long the camp is, and you build an incredibly strong bond with that, with, with that, with that guest. And it's, I suppose, more efficient uh, in terms of volunteer numbers for, um, for taking num sheer numbers of guests. Both, both models have their, have their, have their benefits. Um, but that's just to explain kind of broadly how it how it works, um, and we have uh, we have several activities in the um, in the year, I'll, and I'll, I'll go th I'll go through them to explain a little bit to give you a little bit more of a flavour of what we do. Um, so the, the, the flagship activity we have is a pilgrimage to Lourdes in France, where we um, take around two hundred volunteers and um, around forty to fifty guests um, are disabled friends. Uh, this is a week-long pilgrimage, typically at the end of July, and around half the pilgrimage are 17 to 18-year-olds, 17 um, and the rest of us are kind of, uh, broadly broadly speaking, in early 20s, and then there's a few, uh, and we have a few, and we have a team of, um, of, of clergy and medics uh, who make, who keep the show on the road, <laughs> uh, and, uh, but it's, it's very much run by the volunteers. Um, and the Lourdes is very is usually the first activity that people do in the OMV. Often they're in their sort of lower sixth, um, sort of it's at school, and it's a it's it's a, it's an amazing place. It's a very it's really a, a shot in the arm for for one's faith, and you see it manifested in more than more than just I suppose church on Sunday, but you see a, an incredible way to to uh, to witness your faith um, by caring for the for the disabled um, and going on. Going on pilgrimage to to Our Lady, um, and it's also for, for many for many of us a real, um, I suppose, taking out of our comfort zone and a checking of our of our privilege, and that you know we are exposed to people who have far more far more challenging day to day lives than we do, and it gives us a great sense of perspective, and I think that um, encourages a a I suppose a philosophy of, of mutual service. Um, within within people, which is uh, in this day and age, you might say, is not is slightly rarer than it possibly should be. Um, so Lourdes is uh, I can, I'll come back to it um, shortly if we have time, but it's uh, it's I say it's our our main our main activity, which where typically we will recruit our volunteers from a certain number of schools, but it is it's 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 open open to all, um, generally speaking. Um, the other, the other large-scale pilgrimage we do is a pilgrimage to Walsingham, which is, uh, we, which, which is, we participate in the the Order of Malta, the, the British Order of Malta's um, pilgrimage to Walsingham, which is a weekend with um, around 120 people, mixed a mix of all the different bodies of the Order of Malta in the UK, uh, and that's a very, that's a wonderful weekend. I used to, I used to organise it um, uh, for a few years ago, so I'm, I'm obviously very biased about it. But uh, uh, it's a lovely weekend where everyone mucks in and looks after. Uh, looks after um, guests, and it uh, I suppose it demystifies the the wider order for the younger volunteers because uh, it can be a little bit inaccessible. Um, 
I personally love Walsingham because it's the it's the site of martyrs and the the ruined abbey is a is a particular is a particular place of um, uh, of of um, I think of great of great significance and I, I without I, I get very um, dare I say emotional when we do the stations of the cross in the in the ruins of the abbey on Sunday and uh, I'd say my heart sings with joy as we as we do that and I think about the the martyrs who died um, there all those years ago looking down on us uh, seeing seeing uh seeing Catholicism brought back um uh, but Walsingham is a very it's a very special weekend um we also go to uh, to Lebanon this is possibly our most uh, our furthest flung activity these are um the Lebanon are the camps um that are organized by the order of Malta they are they were founded by German volunteers many years ago and we take guests out of a psychiatric hospital to a a camp in Faraya, north of Beirut, for a week of really fun, love, and silliness. Um, it's a pretty bleak life that they have in the in the hospital, where there is a very low. Um, well, that's not fair. The the the, the nuns and the, and the and the staff do as, as much as they can do, um, but it's it's just a sheer question of um, um, of having a bit of variety in their lives. And we take them to this camp in the mountains, and we. Um, play games and sing and dance and um, hold hands. It's a it's a it's a very fabulous place where you um, you have the, the German model of volunteering, where you have one on one care for the whole week, and you make an incredible bond with your um, your uh, your your guest. Often there's zero language in common, so you are communicating with with smiles and kisses and um, sound effects. <laughs> um, it's it's a a very inspiring place to be. Um, we also do um, a uh, we take part in the, um, the the international holiday camp or the Malta camp, which is where all of the youth organisations from all around the world come together for a summer um, week long disco with, with wheelchairs and mats. Uh, it's you know we, we the, the the British uh, hosted it in 2018, um, and it's really a chance for the host country, the host volunteers to to show off their culture and their and their sense of fun. Uh, so it's slightly like the Olympics, and there's it's a it's a very it's a wonderful um, week. Each day will involve uh, a cultural activity, um, a fun activity, um, some uh, usually a religious activity. It might be a mass or a uh, or an or adoration, and then there's a disco in the evening. And I'm not a very talented dancer, I have to say, but um, I think that dancing with someone with a wheelchair is something that I. I think I can cut some serious shapes doing that, um, and it's a and it's and it's a fabulous um, week of, uh, of I suppose showing that the Order of Malta's um, values uh, transcend borders and cultures and uh, really bring everyone together from all walks of life. Um, there's there's two other activities we do. We have an Easter pilgrimage, which is where we take we take a, a small number of guests um, to uh, uh, to celebrate Holy Week abroad. And we can see how Easter is celebrated in different cultures. Uh, it's a it's a, a wonderful a wonderful week of um, uh, of you know, it's a wonderful way to to celebrate the Triduum and uh, and see um, some cultures and um, how they how they um, see see in Easter. I think uh, we've been to Seville, we've been to Paris, Rome, Florence, um, uh, 
this year we did our first um, domestic East Building Ridges. We're getting back into it after after COVID-19 made activities impossible. Uh, we went to Edinburgh, um, so, uh, but it's it's a it's a very a very it's, it's, a, it's a yeah it's a very uh, very fun uh, intimate pilgrimage. And then finally, there's the Christmas reunion, which is a, a long weekend uh, near uh, around Christmas. I think most of our activities are in the summer, so we take a we have a, a kind of reunion, um, which is a, a kind of reminder to people of um, of our activities. And if and uh, we go to Worth Abbey and have a uh, a, week, uh, a kind of pre-Christmas Christmas, Christmas um, to uh, to give our give our guests a bit of festive cheer, um, and it's usually a uh, it's probably a smaller number of, of, of guests and volunteers, uh, but it's it's very fun and great for those who who miss the activities in the summer and I need to need to um, to sate their kind of need for a bit of OMV um, activity. Um, then the final, uh, I think the final things that we do. I mean, there's a monthly mass, which is uh, once a month. I think the first Monday of every month, we have uh, a mass at the uh, Brompton Oratory in London for volunteers um, to continue the spiritual engagement of the volunteers throughout the year, uh, because we do isolated activities and it's quite good to link them up with a, a consistent theme, um, i.e., um, our faith. Uh, and then we have the White Nights Ball, which is a uh, the, the a, a ball that we run in the Grosvenor Park Hotel in, in January, and that is our kind of that's our big fundraiser. It's one of the longest running balls in London. I think it, we usually have around a thousand people, and it's huge fun. Uh, most people who go are not really involved with the OMV, um, but most of the volunteers will go, and uh, and it's a very good way of raising money for the for for, for the cause, and it bankrolls all of our activities. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very good party indeed. Um, Elena, I'm conscious, I'm not sure um, if I've gone on for, uh, for too long. I do have some other bits and pieces to, uh, that I could I could elaborate on, but happy to hand over to you for, uh, for suggestions of how to take this forward. Okay. Well, what we could do at the at this point, Jack, is I think we will go to some of your music. We'll invite our listeners to see if the, if they have any questions also knowing that you've got more to say to us which we'll look forward to so it, is that okay by you that's fine by me okay you have chosen be not afraid tell us about that hymn be not afraid is is a hymn really that's more associated with the the knights pilgrimage the um the, the pilgrimage that the the association do and they they've it's been a mainstay of their musical repertoire for for many years it's a i think a very powerful hymn which um which i suppose keeps that that key message um that uh however how dark things may get um the lord is always uh, looking looking up looking out for us thank you jack we'll get that playing dear listener the number is 01223 375 564 that's 01223 375-564. Please do call in if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to make um, after that really interesting couple of sessions that we've had from Jack already.
You are listening to Just Life and we have Jack Straker with us talking about the Order of Malta Volunteers. We have a call and I'm just going to put the call on air. Hello, who's speaking? This is Helena. Helena, hi. Hello. Jack, is it Jack? It is. Oh, Jack. Thank you so much for sharing all about the Order of Malta today. You have blown my mind because, one, I had no idea that there was this separate state of the Vatican for the Order of Malta. And also, it's lovely to hear another group that has dedicated itself to really living out those beatitudes of serving the poor, feeding the hungry, clothing the the, um, naked. And also, it's a very special place in my heart. I've never done Lourdes. Jack, but I want to, and specifically, I want to do it the way you guys support um, uh, pilgrims by supporting others, and especially people with disabilities, and letting them have that encounter with the Lord, and, and, and selfishly letting me have that encounter with those pilgrims as well. So, thank you so much for, for sharing that with us today. I'm very happy, Elena. Thank you very much for for, for, for your call. It's much appreciated. Um, I have a question. You. So, we don't have an Order of Malta. I don't think maybe we do. At my parish, how how um, is it? It's not just for gentlemen, right? I, I may have missed that part. Is it just for guys? It's a very good question. It's not just for guys. It's for any, it's for anyone. Um, uh, apologies if I if I didn't make that clear. Um, no, no, no. It was the, a kid. That's, <laughs> that's a very good clarification. <laughs> um, where is your parish? If you don't mind me asking. Oh well, 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 my parish is at Saint Lawrence in Cambridge. Right. Um, well, there, so the answer is that there is a Companions of the Order of Malta in Cambridge. It's, I think, oh, run by some university students, and they will they will run uh, more kind of regular activities, you know, soup kitchens of the homeless and that sort of thing. And I think that uh, one of the Companions, Christoph, is going to talk about it at a, at a later date on this show. Um, but the um, to get involved with the Order of Malta, it's a national organisation, so if so, uh, which operates um, locally and internationally. The, the local one, I think, is the Companion. So it's, I, would, I would Google the Cambridge Companions of the Order of Malta as a starting point. And um, excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat. Um, uh, and in terms of um, wider participation, that's really the best way in because that will then, you know, you get to know some of the people in that and then they'll introduce you to the people who are who run the, the, wide, the wider organisation, I suppose, uh, which runs um, pilgrimages to, to Lourdes and various other places. So that would be my my advice is um is is start start local. Excellent. Oh, thank you so much, Jack. Cool. Thank you, Helena, for calling. It's lovely to hear you. And Jack, I had another question as well. When you were speaking about it, I was thinking about knights, and I'd been reading about Saint Francis of Assisi recently, and he was a knight for a while, or he was wanting to be like a knight. And chivalry was quite a strong concept at the time. I don't know if if the Knights of Malta come from the same source historically in terms of the timings and chivalry, the spirituality or charism. Could you tell me a bit about that? Of of course. Um, So, I mean, I'm I'm not a a historian, but I can give it it a go. so it, it, the answer is absolutely. It's it's one of the, uh, the the chivalric orders of Jerusalem, alongside the Knights Templar, the um, the, the Teutonic Knights, the Knights of the Holy Sepulchre, um, and it was really founded on those the core principles of, of chivalry. And if you if you take if you strip away all of the I suppose the jousting and the and that sort of nonsense, 
really chivalry at its core is the uh, the strong um, defending the weak, and that's the whole. What, what to be honest, what appeal appealed to me about it. It's um, it's you know, in this day and age, you have you know men and women who are able-bodied you know, um, looking after those who are less able-bodied, and I think that is a that is it, it has been its its core for 900 years, and it continues to be its core. Um, it's a very simple answer <laughs> to uh, to your question, but yes, it's a it's a chivalric order, and at its and at its um at its in its essence, that's what that's what chivalry is is um is a a service of those who are less fortunate. And knowing that we can move between those two places, can't we? You know, we can be the strong, and in other times in our lives, we are the weak. And Absolutely. that that relationship of giving and receiving. Yeah, gosh, I, I didn't realize chivalry that that was at the heart of of the idea. Um, I, well, it's it's funny, uh, you know. It was there was a very sad occasion um, a couple of years ago where uh, one of our one of our disabled friends, who's quite young, um, very sadly died. Um, and uh, I just remember, you know, thinking. Um, <laughs> I remember uh, thinking after his after his funeral that um, it's a um, it's you know, it's your turn to look after us now. Um, and it's that sort uh, of that switch between you know who's you know the, the, this plane and the and the, and, and the, after, and the, the heavenly plane I suppose and who looks after whom, who is first and who is last. But I have found as you were speaking, mm -hmm. I noticed you used the word friend a number of times, and it, the first time you used it, it struck me, and it did repeatedly so. And what you've just described there also um, was touching. This friendship, that, which I assume is based on Christian, is, is Christian love at its heart. Can you speak a bit more about that? Uh, of course. I mean, it's a. I think that to describe it as a as, as a as purely transactional as a service is um is not is not sincere. I mean, it's a the relationship we have with our guests is is, is a very is a very profound one. I mean, if you think that they're putting a huge amount of trust in you to, to look after them in some very intimate um, care, which uh, which ordinarily would be performed by a nurse or a professional carer, and they're letting you sort of, as a 19-year-old um, sort, of, sort of idiot, really, who hasn't <laughs> had any, uh, who hasn't had minimum of, um, of, of experience in it, um, they're allowing you into their, into their lives and you create these very strong bonds. Um, they, you know, very often the volunteers haven't come across disabled people in a, in any great um in any great way and it completely melts your preconceptions and it's a really sort of transformative um experience where you, know, you become completely inspired by your disabled friends you know you they have you know they some you know they're, they're exactly like like us i mean some of them are some of them are incredibly funny. Some of them are really annoying, but you, know, <laughs> but you love them anyway. They're just like any group of friends, but with with different physical needs. And you you really, I think, you you form these uh, these friendships which last beyond the pilgrimage, and you you realise the, the the value and the sanctity of of life in all forms. And they inspire you really. To, you you see the um, one, one way of putting it is you see the face of God in the in the in in and the faces of those you, you serve, and it's it's a pretty uh, compelling argument for a friendship <laughs> when, you, when you're when you're inspired to to greater things, and when someone makes you laugh. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know it's a, it's a, it's a it's a very it's exactly that it's a wonderful bond. We had um, a late, uh, 
a speaker yesterday for our catechism, Dorothy Mechies, and she was talking about the Holy Spirit and how God delights in us. And you've, you've reminded me of that, the delight that you take in one another. Exactly. Um, it's a, it's a very, it's a very, um, I think it's a very special, it's a very special um, place, I think. And Lourdes in particular is, um, is a place where really the, 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 they have a tagline for Lourdes in the marketing saying that they, um, uh, but it's where, it's where the heaven touches the heavens touch the earth. And I think that that is very, um, that's a very apt way of describing it. You, you kind of, you, you live in this higher plane for a week where, um, where they say, you know, the, the, the weak are lifted up and not trodden upon. You know, it doesn't have mm-hmm. bicycle lanes, it has wheelchair lanes. Uh, and it's kind of, it's, it's, you, you think, you can't help but think that this is the way that God meant life to be. Um, and it's why you make the best friends you can possibly hope, you know, both disabled and non, non-disabled. You can have, you, you usually, in the, in the, usually fall in love many times over uh, because you see people at their absolute best. Um, uh, it helps, it helps beat you overcome any, um, confidence issues you have, because when, you know, when someone needs help, you don't have time for self-doubt and self-esteem issues. You just, you just get stuck in and it's made, it's, it's transformed people from quite shy, reserved individuals into, into leaders. And, um, it's a, it's, I think it's all, it's all fueled by that, that love, that kind of essence of God that runs through the place and the people who are there. And I have a sense that it's transfor- been very transformative for you in your life being involved with this. Absolutely, I would say it's the single greatest, um, single most transformative experience I ever had. I think I first went when I was nineteen, and I was, to be honest, I I went because my my sister wanted to go, and I thought I'd go to look after her. Uh, but my mother had had been for sort of decades, um, uh, and she'd always badgered me to go saying it was really good fun and I was a typical bulky teenager going no it's your thing I'm not going to do that um and you know I think it, my life has never been the same I you know from almost from the you know from the moment I arrived I was completely blown away by the the, the magic of the uh, of the place and um yeah and uh and it's it's an it's an incredibly special um place and and a thing to do I'm I'm aware, Jack, that we're running short on time for you now. Um, do you have time? Do you have more things that you would like to say before we finish? Um, especially, I thought I, I was I was thought I'd not really given <laughs> given some of the activities um, enough. Um, you know, I hadn't really put enough colour around the activities um, earlier. Uh, so I, I could say a couple of words about, for example, the um, the, the Lebanon camp. Yeah. Um, which, which I, which I think is particularly moving, uh, and just encourage anyone who's interested to uh, to see what the Order of Malta does. A to give the Order of Malta a bit of a Google because it's quite an interesting um, uh, historical entity, um, and it's the Sovereign Military Hospitaller Order of uh, St John of Jerusalem, Rhodes, and of Malta. And I'm sure the Wikipedia uh, entry will explain why. <laughs> um, but the the OMV is um, is the omv.org.uk um, in uh, in the in the UK, in, in England, and what well, in, in the UK, uh, and the companions of the Order of Malta also uh, have um, have a very have a very good website, and we have a Facebook presence and all that. But it's worth having a look into it. Um, but just to sort of leave you with a, a snapshot of, um, of 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 an activity, 
I was reflecting on the, the Lebanon camps, um, and it really is a it's it's it's, it's an oasis of happiness and love, uh, really, where volunteers from all around the world um, look after our disabled friends from from the from the psychiatric hospital uh, in Beirut, and for the guests taken to the camps um, by the OMV and its equivalents around the world, um, the week spent in Shabru is uh, often a highlight of their lives, um, and for some they they uh, they revel in the chance to um, to dance to play games uh, to, to paint uh, pictures or people's faces um uh, for some they uh, we take them to the beach and they swim in the sea for the first time in their life um for some the uh the one-on-one -on -one care and loving friendship shown in a, a shared smile or, or a held hand is is enough to uh, light up their world and um really volunteering there is is hard to put into words because you're sitting in the in the breathtakingly stunning mountains, um, the Shambru uh, the Shambru camp, camps are, are filled with unbridled joy. Whether it's creating fun for guests and volunteers alike, uh, from um, shaving foam battles to, uh, to uh, fashion catwalks, um, or um, enjoying a few uh, a few beers around a campfire, or enjoy, uh, enjoying fantastic Lebanese food during a night at the local tavern. Um, the camps have a, a way of touching volunteers' hearts and creating a love for Lebanon and its people that that, that never fades. Um, and it's a it's what I what I refer to as a it's it's a real work of silent evangelization where you come away feeling that you've um, you've really interacted with something other by the by the Holy Spirit. Um, that's what I would uh, what I would end on is the and if and if people want to come to Lebanon uh, have a send us an, e an email at lebanon at omv.org.uk Wow, that sounds fabulous Well, and wonderful, Jack. Your um, compatriot of your state, <laughs> Christoph, is coming on Tuesday the 31st of May to tell us about the companions in Cambridge on this same programme. So I'm sure, dear listener, you will have enjoyed this programme this morning and you can hear more than Jack, thank you so much for being with us and for offering your time. It's been a wonderful morning. Thank you very much, Eddie. It's been a pleasure to be on. God bless. God bless. <laughs>